provide the historic River Market District in downtown Kansas City, Missouri. From the banks of the beautiful crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it is Two Douchebags and Microphone Podcast. Break shit house energy drink. That's right. Break shit house energy drink. Make that little girl. She walked through the balls. You want to fuck shit up? You want to call us coming across America? Brick shit house is for you. Please enjoy Brick Shit House Energy Drink responsibly. It's not readily available anywhere because of liability issues. And now, Deep Thoughts with Mark. So, I order spaghetti and meatballs. My meatballs automatically fall apart as soon as I touch them. So then, does my dish automatically change its name to spaghetti and meat sauce? <laughs> I may never know. everybody this is two douchebags and a microphone i'm mark and i'm rob okay all right so we're just talking about it you asked me about my vacation well went to louisville for a few days uh louisville kentucky and i went to go see my uh fine relatives from canada uh, some of them and we had a really good time got an airbnb on uh, just on the outskirts of downtown at louisville and we had a great time we went to the, Ch- the churchill downs which is home of the Kentucky Derby. Um, the Kentucky Derby, or any race, was not running, but we did get a tour of the place and in the museum, and it was really interesting. It's a beautiful place. Uh, the people are very friendly. I had no idea that they considered themselves so southern in Louisville. All of the Louisville signs, like New Orleans, has the Fleur de Lire on it. All of them do. I found that interesting. Well. Yeah, had the hot brown sandwich, which which is the sandwich that they're famous for. It was really good, but it reminds me of something that we used to have up here. It's not so prevalent now like it used to be, but it reminds me of what we used to call shit on a shingle. Do you remember that, Rob? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of gravy on it, and you call that, that's it, you know? The hot brown is an open-faced sandwich with turkey and an egg and... And um, uh, anyhow, and it's finished off with some cheeses and some smoked paprika on the top of it, and it's very good. Um, it's not my normal like really food that I go nuts over, but I did enjoy it. But I was just surprised that it's basically what we used to call shit on the shingle, minus or plus a couple of ingredients. Uh, yeah, and we went to the home of the original one, not the Brown Hotel where it originated at, but. Um, I think the Brown Hotel still does um, hot browns, but it's like once a month. It's kind of like a Nashville chicken. There's one place, there's one hotel that does the original recipe, and and then and it's like once a month or something like that. You need practically need an act of God to get in there to get one. Well, this thing, the Brown Hotel, does it like once a month, the original hot brown, and uh, you know, and in Nashville, you go to Hattie B's. That's as close to the original recipe as you can get. 
and uh, and you're good with that. It's good, and it's very good. So, and Hattie B's is always packed and interesting place. People from everywhere. Um, but um, this uh, this cafe that I went to won uh, best top round sandwich, and the reason the lady said was the uh, or. Um, our waitress said the reason they won is because they don't do anything fancy. They do a, the original recipe. Well, everyone else, everyone's doing a little take on it. They might bread something or they might put a little different sauce in it. They just went by strictly what a hot brown is supposed to be and they won it. So I think I had the closest to original hot brown that I could and it was good. And and uh, anyhow, oh. and then um, and then my uh, uh, my relatives they they drove down. From uh, Woodstock, Ontario, seven and a half hours. That's where we met in Louisville. We couldn't do it in Cancun. We were supposed to meet in Cancun a month earlier, but because of our surgeries, we couldn't go there because of risk of infection. Uh, so um, we we couldn't make the Cancun one. So we decided we're going to do a little makeshift vacation halfway from each one. Louisville, seven and a half from Kansas City, seven and a half hours from uh, Woodstock, Ontario. So they had to drive down. We had to fly because of my vacation time, because I used it up all on the vacation that would have been. So, um, so we flew there, and so my uh, cousin had to leave out early in the morning, the last day we were there. So uh, Val and I uh, had like everything to do, or, or or nothing to do, and all day to do it. So we found this spot called the Seventh Street Live in downtown Louisville. And it is a cool spot. Did you see my post on Seventh Street Live? Uh, I think I did. Yeah, yeah I did. Really yeah. interesting place. We went Guy Fieri Smokehouse. It was good. Oh, cool. Yeah, I it was good. There. Um, they have Kansas City style, Tennessee, and Carolina style sauces. They smoke with. Um, I, I, I'm not even sure if it's hickory. It could be some sort of oak or something. But whatever they smoke with, it's good. It's got a good smoky flavor. Um, the sauces are good. The food was good. The only thing, the only complaint I had was, was this right here. Because I got the brisket, the Mac Daddy mac and cheese, and uh, yeah. um, the beans. And uh, let's see, what else? Oh, I got the, uh, I got the spicy sausage link. That was good. The only complaint I had is they do not serve fries. Now, to me, barbecue is not complete without golden fries, right? Yeah. Yeah. You ought to have a batch of golden french fries right there with your food, piping hot. You dip them in either the beans, if they're that good, or you dip them in the barbecue sauce. And that makes the whole barbecue meal, but they didn't serve fries. So I was a little disappointed in that. But, all in all, we had a great time, a great cruise. Um... Flying back from Louisville, this was the day before the Chiefs game, um, the the home opener on Thursday. Flying that back. It's funny because I'm reading a story about the opening game right now. Okay. Well, flying back from Louisville to Chicago at Midway, and Midway, um, it we couldn't get a direct flight for nothing to Louisville or even Cincinnati or anywhere near there. So we... Um, we flew to uh, Midway, Chicago, and then from Midway, Chicago to Louisville, and then on the way back, Louisville to Midway, there was 26 people on the plane. It was awesome. Everybody was spread out, man. People were just having a blast. They were fucking throwing us oh, extra right snacks on. and drinks and shit. They're like, hey, man, you want a couple of Cokes? You know, yeah, you want seven or eight bags of fucking uh, whatever it is they, that they served and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a blast. So, um... 
so uh, that was a 44-minute flight. And then we landed there, and I'm like, okay, the flight from uh, Chicago to Kansas City is going to be nothing. Wrong. It was overbooked with Detroit Lions fans going to Kansas City. Very interesting. Yeah. But they were cool. They were all really cool, man. They were very complimentary of our team. And, yo, hey, man, you guys are the big dogs. You guys won. You know, we just hope that it's competitive. We hope to win. But if we don't, we hope we put up a really good fight, which they did win. Um, yeah, be- because they did. Um, they our did. receivers can I'm cannot... story right now. Yeah, I like our new Snoop Menace, Kadarius Tony. Can't catch a fucking ball to save his life right now, but hopefully he will. Uh, I don't want to talk about hey, that. he helped us win the Super Bowl last year with a couple of great plays. Yeah, he did. He had some outstanding plays last year. I have, I have um, no doubt that he is going to. Uh, um, uh, he he was injured all preseason. I think yeah, that he, they, they did not know he was going to play the last minute. Yes, you got to give him that. Yeah, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he did do. Remember the run he did, the uh, the uh, punt return that he did to put us in shape to win the game at the Super yeah. Bowl. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget the big catches he made in the Super Bowl and all the way getting there when he wasn't injured. So Kadarius yeah. Tony still has a pass in my book. He can't do this. He can't do this very much anymore. But I'll give him this game, and that's fine. Now, uh, KT, get your shit together. We got to defend our ring. So they uh, will. Yeah. They, they do every year. They start up slow. They get there. Yes. They do yeah. it every year. Yep. So you said you're reading an article. Is there anything you want to even go into on that? No, no, never mind. No, no, yeah, okay. it ain't well, Chris Collinsworth. Uh, we don't already know. Chris Collinsworth got into some shit <laughs> because well, of some Mahomes. I was back when I, that's probably the article I was just reading, dude. It was Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, isn't that funny? We can go into it here. <laughs> go for it. You go for it. Okay, I'm let not. me find the article here. Uh, okay, let me see here. Okay, NFL fans mock Chris Collinsworth for this silly take. He said they have no Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones. They're second and third best players on this team. But they have Patrick Mahomes, said Collinsworth. And I think America is about ready to find out how good he really is. Now, I'm reading the exact same thing as you are. He meant it as, an, he meant it as respect and the utmost God. Yeah, he did. He did. He meant it as that, but... Anyhow, everybody just fucking slammed him. Like, uh, <laughs> one of the, uh, he said this, and then Twitter erupted. They they had the, you know, they had his comment, and it's a thing called awful announcing on Twitter. And one guy answered, he said, Mahomes really flew under the radar in the Super Bowl last year, but not tonight, baby. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of them. I'm going to just read a few of them. And then another guy replied, No one really knows that Mahomes is good. <laughs> and then another one, a guy named Chad Hartman on Twitter, or X or whatever it's called now. We're now finding out how good Patrick Mahomes is. Is this a bad Collinsworth body double? 
He is brilliant, the best player in the league, headed for a historic career, and everyone on the planet already knows this information. Minor point. Well, his wasn't quite so smart-ass, like really kind of, yep. And then another guy, Joe Flank, goes, True, I'm totally in the dark about this. Mahomes, is it? <laughs> uh, let's see. And then another guy said, LOL, I had a similar thought. And then another guy, Sam Franco, says, Oh, thank goodness. I've been wondering how good he, he really is for a while now. Finally about to find out. <laughs> Let me see if there's any, ones, any other ones of note. Oh, Tanner Harris. Breaking news. Mahomes is good at football. <laughs> <laughs> per Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> I get what he was doing. He was giving Mahomes an utmost compliment. And what he was saying is, is, look, all this shit's going on, but don't count the guy out. I get it. So, yeah. The thing is, is um, the way he said it left him left himself open for criticism. Yeah. And like I've always said, if you speak for three and a half hours for a football game, you're bound to say something that people can make fun of. Whether it's warranted or not, you have enough words coming out and have enough space to fill to where one of the things you say might be a little bit overstated or redundant, right? Yeah. That's just the way it is. You can't keep coming up with material like that on the fly and not come up with one of those moments where it's like, oh, well, no, duh. So... Yeah, it's funny, and it's funny that people roast him, but at the same time, Chris Collinsworth, um, he's, he is, I know that he goes a little bit weird every now and then, like, like, getting about a, let's see, what did he say last year? How are you like a big load of this guy coming down your throat? And everybody on Twitter erupted on that one. And that thing was just fodder for a long time. All year, people were making fun of that. How would you like a big load of this guy coming down your throat? And, I mean, they turned it sexual, which I understand. That's the way I would have... That's when I heard it. That's what went in my mind, too. I'm like, whew, okay. So, anyhow, um, that one, to me, the big load coming down your throat, was even a little bit worse than this Mahomes remark. So... Anyhow, Chris Collinsworth, hey buddy, we get it. I get it. Everybody else is on your ass. I'm not. So, anyhow, that's pretty much the long and short of that one, Rob. So, uh, okay, Rob, well, what did you do? Uh, you had some time off, too, I understand, while I was in Louisville. So, what did you do? Yeah, you took vacation, so I did too, dude. Good man, you needed it. Yeah, yeah, I really did. All right, so what did uh, you do? Well, I saved up a bunch of news articles. Okay. I saved them up. I got over a hundred here, dude, that I have not even looked at. Mm. Okay. So here's one that I just ran across. Okay. Astor Kutcher, Mona Tunis, lauded convicted rapist Danny Madison as positive influence in pre-sentencing letters. They actually sent letters for Danny Masterson? <laughs> the guy that just got like 40 years. I'm already part of it. I, 
Yeah, like I said, I'm just now going over it, so I'll read. Yeah. Oh, wow. Go go Dan ahead. Madison's, I'm sorry. What? I said, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I want to hear this. Yeah, Danny Madison's friends, including that 70s show, co-stars, Ashley Kutcher and Miley Kunis, wrote letters of support for the convicted rapist before he was sentenced to 30 years in prison Thursday. As a friend, Danny has been nothing but a positive influence on me, Kucher wrote in a letter obtained by the Post. He said he had nothing Who's to there? do with me waking up with my asshole hurting. I believe him. Oh, dude. No, I'm sorry. Hey, uh, just like, we got hairy asshole Olympics coming, too. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, are we, yeah. we going to have that on this one or tomorrow's? I don't know, dude. We got a big list. All right. We'll, we'll see what happens. We could do half tonight and half tomorrow night. Maybe we'll do that. Well, yeah. okay. What what I was going to ask you yes. off air, uh-huh. are we going to do your list separate from mine, or are we just going to combine them all? Um, okay. What's your thoughts on that? I, I thought of that, too, and I couldn't. I don't really have a feeling either way. We have 19 apiece. Okay. Um, do you want to wait to have ours uh, battle off until we go through one more? Uh... I'll tell you what. Okay. Let's talk about that off there. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, let, let, let's leave Harry Asshole Olympics out of it. Tomorrow. All right. If you guys are waiting for Harry Asshole Olympics on this one, we're sorry. It's going to be the next podcast. But I do have... we on vacation. Give us a break. That's right, but I did come up with things to whisper in a stranger's ear. Is make is making an appearance oh, today. Sure. I've been missing those. Yeah, yeah, that's going to come up in a little bit. That's our deep tease, if you will. But first, I have a story about Peanut, the world's oldest living chicken. Sound good? Awesome. All right, Peanut. Right up my alley. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Chickens are awesome. They taste good on a plate and they're cool to fuck with, too. You know, we had chickens before and I like messing with them. I'd like those shit near them and they peck at it and stuff. <laughs> but anyhow. They're always fun. Uh, yeah. Peanut is officially the world's oldest living chicken, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. The 21-year-old Nankin Bantam and Millie Fleur Mix lives with her caretaker, Marcy. Parker Darwin. The chicken had a rough start in the world, Darwin said. I find it I find it peculiar that her name's Darwin and she has the oldest living chicken. You know, like Charles Darwin? Yeah. Yeah, uh, okay, I guess that's just me. The chick had a rough start in the world, Darwin said. She was the only egg that her mother didn't hatch. Darwin took over and helped the egg hatch and now 21 years later Peanut is still going strong. So, Peanut wouldn't be around if Darwin didn't um, have to uh, keep the egg warm to get it to hatch. Because that's the only one her mom couldn't get to hatch. But Darwin took the initiative to make sure that, uh, that Peanut hatched. Peanut is also the star of a new children's book written and self-published by Darwin. Titles... Um, is My Girl, Peanut, and Me. 
on love and life from the world's oldest chicken. Better grab a copy today. Self-published gives no guarantee of any amount of the book being released. No word on how to order this gem for yourself or loved one. So if you want a peanut book, you have to find this Darwin lady and get it from her, it sounds like. Oh, no, you know, I'm going to... Hang on, hang on. Let me see if I can get it on Amazon. Give me a minute here. Because sometimes self-published books do appear on Amazon because uh, a relative of mine did a couple of books and he put them on Amazon. So, let's see. Peanut. Do, 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 do. Damn it. Okay, come on, Amazon. Where'd you go? Hang on here. Sorry, I know this is horrible radio, but I'm sorry. It has to be done. No, you're you're all right. Uh, like I said, we both been on vacation. We're, I'm doing my homework right now, and I just came up with an update on Pee Wee Herman. Oh, really? Yeah. Nope, it's not on there. You want me to fill in real quick? No, no, it's not on. It's not on Amazon. It's cool. So anyhow, what were okay. you saying now? You got you got an update on Pee Wee Herman? Uh, yeah. Uh, they came out with Pee Wee Herman's cause of death. Oh yeah, what was it? It was like a day ago. Like this report is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was fighting acute leukemia. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I actually did know that, yeah, and he, also he had cancer. Yep, and do you know what that's, killed that's Jimmy Buffett? He did you find out what killed Jimmy Buffett? I know what had it. He had no, limp- I, I have not. I have not. I, I, I really didn't want, dude. That kept us home. He he had skin cancer. He battled skin it for cancer. years. Okay. And uh, uh, yeah, melanoma took his life. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was his cause of death, and he he battled it for years, and his close friends knew that he was fighting a battle and all that. So, anyhow, with all that disparaging news there, we are going to go into things to whisper in a stranger's ear right after this. Awesome. Let's get something funny. That's right. Hang time. We'll be right back. When taking a shower, remember to scrub your asshole with soapy water, because nobody likes a stinky asshole. Swimming in toxic masculinity and wiping their ass with politically correct wash rags. Two douchebags in a microphone invade your ear holes in three, two, one. Why two douchebags in a microphone? Because two fucknuts in a recorder was taken. Okay, two douchebags and microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. Get ready to invade your ear holes with uh, with things to whisper in a stranger's ear. All right. So, Rob, are you ready for this uh, neat little list I got here? I'm been ready. All righty. Rob was born ready. Hey, did you get any more asshole photos? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, okay. All right. All right. 
earbuds or ear canal dildos? They are. They go in your ear. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you whisper it in someone's ear. I'll be like, hmm. Damn it. Now I can't no, wear my earbuds I'm, without feeling filthy. Do what? I'm talking to you on one right now. Oh, so you got I'm an ear... I'm talking to everybody on one right now. You got an ear canal dildo in, don't you? Yeah, I do. All right, does it feel good? I love it. All right. Good Brings man. me a lot of joy. <laughs> the next thing is to whisper in a stranger's ear. And uh, I think everyone knows what this is. We've done it before. Is This is stuff that you just walk up and randomly say in anyone's ear. doesn't matter. Just walk up and just whisper this. Whatever it is. The next one is... And these are usually good. Yes. Next one. Beignets or orphan donuts? They are. They are. They're orphan, they're orphan donuts for real. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Poor little things. They're just, they're confused. Next one. Walk up, someone whisper in there. I have footage. So. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah. Be like, footage on what? What, me? Me? Yeah, that's a talking classic. Talking about me? You're talking about what, my mom? Yeah. You're talking about my neighbor? You could have said that in the 80s, and they would have, yeah. And be like, you're damn right, everybody has footage. They knew, they knew to take pictures. Next one. Long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Good song. Yeah. Good song and great to whisper in someone's ear. Most people just be like... <laughs> most people be like, true story. True story. Yeah. Yeah. You walk one way, they walk another. But at least they have that information. Right? Yeah. Next one. This one I really like. Why do you care where a bear shits? Everybody has asked the question, does a bear shit in the woods? Why do they care? Why do you care where a bear shits? It better be in the woods. I don't want in my front yard. Bears don't go around giving a shit where we shit. Good. Yeah. So why do we care? Next one. Don't tug at it. <laughs> it's true. Don't tug at it. You might hurt I'm it. I'm going to leave that right there. Well, Rob, you're permitted to tug at it. You've been single long enough. Well, no. My dad used to tell me that when I was a kid. <laughs> I think everybody's dad told him that when they was a kid. That's what I was saying. Everybody <laughs> knows that one. Yeah, don't tug at it. <laughs> Next one. The goat head sacrifice is at 10. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Like, oh, that's good. Shit. Damn it. What do I bring? <laughs> Next one. Sorry about your toilet. I ate beans. Beans will do hey, some damage. Ever, 
ain't that every party? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And people still serve beans. Next one. Bean casserole. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just baked beans. I mean, or... Yeah, baked beans. Or, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about green beans, but I mean, you know, even green beans might do it. I don't know. Nah, I don't think they're bad. Nah, 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 nah. Pork and beans is this, yeah. Yeah, pork and beans, whenever you go to the bathroom, it sounds like BB's hitting the lake. <clears throat> yep. Next one. Hemorrhoids are anal speed bumps. <laughs> yep. Sorry to laugh. <laughs> no, that's okay. It was meant to be funny, so I'm glad you laughed. Well, seeing how somebody suffers from them, that, I'm still laughing about it. Yeah, they, they are. Their hemorrhoids are anal speed bumps. Next one. Coming from two douchebags, I have a segment called Airy Asshole Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, and you know our first winner, our our first winner, Dave Mustaine. Yeah, he's battling throat cancer. Do Is we keep, he? Yes. Do we keep I him? I have not heard that. Yeah. Do we keep him in or not? Oh no, he's in for the long haul, dude. Okay. All right. I would feel let's, bad let's taking make him out. Last as long as we can. Okay. No, I'm I'm thinking the chemotherapy won't have anything to do with his asshole hair, right? Shouldn't. Okay, good, good. That, that That's just the hair on the head. Dave Mustaine, wow. not only did you win the first round of the Harry Asshole Olympics, but we're keeping you in because we care. And you are in our prayers. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, He's doing very well, he said, and I think he's finished with his treatment, and they're hoping that this is as far as it goes. They don't need any more. So. Yeah, just, yeah, I had not heard anything about that. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, so Dave Mustaine, for real, we know you're in the hairy asshole Olympics, but we wish you well, and we wish you a complete you're our number full one recovery. Winner. That's right. We wish you a complete full recovery. So, and the last but not least on the uh, things you whisper in a stranger's ear, hold on tight. And that oh, that's always a good one. Yeah, that could go anywhere. It's like hold on tight to what. But, anyhow, um, like that one a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, all right, did you hear um, about Joe Montana suing the city of San Francisco over sewage? No. Yeah. Yep. Joe and Jennifer Montana are among the people suing San Francisco. Alleging alleging city departments did nothing to prevent torrents of water and untreated sewage from flooding their homes. The lawsuit filed in the San Francisco County Superior Court on August 24th was brought by dozens of families who live, rent, or own property in the Marina District. The families allege that San Francisco Public Utilities Commission and Department of Public Works, as well as contractors they hired, knowingly allowed negligent conditions to develop in their neighborhood. According to the lawsuit, the problem originates with San Francisco's unusual sewer system, 
which is the only one in coastal California that treats both wastewater and stormwater in the same network of pipes. The plaintiffs allege that the city overwhelmed by even modest winter storms. So these storms that they had um, over March and February and all that, I yeah. guess exposed this problem. And so now they're, uh, they're all suing. So over the past decade, the city has continued to repair and improve its system upstream of the plaintiff's properties, having the direct effect of channeling even greater and greater amounts of water and sewage into the areas surrounding plaintiff's properties at a time when no significant downstream improvements have been performed, the suit claims. The problem came to a head during winter storms over the past two years, the families say. The, the suit claims 4.5 million gallons of untreated wastewater flooded homes on October 2021 and torrents of water and treated sewage inundated the properties again in the storms of December 2022 and this past January. A mix of raw sewage and stormwater flowed in and around plaintiff's properties, permitting the soils, walls, and floors and deposited highly contaminated and toxic fecal and other raw sewage matter in and around the plaintiff's homes. Steps that the city has failed to take any redeeming steps to uh, properly remove the contaminants from plaintiff's properties and surrounding soils despite knowing the plaintiffs, their families, their children, and other citizens are being exposed to these contaminants on a continuing basis. And that is disgusting. And they should not have to put up with that. You know, you're talking about people that live in an affluent area that are very affluent. And these homes are, I mean, no one should have to put up with this. I don't care if you live in a pit. You shouldn't have to put up with this. But imagine these multi-million dollar homes being just inundated with sewage. So. I just see it. Yeah, well, you know what? I hope uh, Mr. Montana and the other plaintiffs win. And I'm sure they will, by the way it sounds. Yeah, uh, if he's still in the same neighborhood he used to live in, I know that neighborhood. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Over over in Overland Park, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. This is San Francisco. Oh, in San... Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I know where you're talking about in Overland Park. He hasn't lived there in years. Oh, really? Yeah, well, I knew somebody that lived right down the street from me. Well, when he retired, he moved back to San Francisco. Oh, imagine that. Almost the same day. Imagine that. I know. Supposedly, I don't know if it's true, but it's his wife. His wife, you Joe Montana. Yeah, we do. We love you, Joe Montana, but we love love, uh, Patrick Mahomes even better. Yeah, well, we seen that one coming from the get-go. Oh, yeah. Well, Jennifer Montana supposedly was never in love with Kansas City, and not even close. And as a matter of fact, you could say that she didn't really care for it that much, was a rumor going around, word on the street. And she, uh, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but this is word that was going around Kansas City, and a lot of the people in the know that, like, um, I knew some people in some uh, radio stations that were covering sports at the time, and they all pretty yeah. much said the same thing, that uh, 
that Jen from Montana despised Kansas City, thought it was a hick city, didn't want to live here. And when uh, Joe Montana got hurt that last season he was in Kansas City, that that was it. She said, nope. She said, I don't want you getting hurt. Um, and number two, I don't want to live here anymore. So if that's true or not, I don't know. But I know that people that might have heard this or known this for a fact, I heard it from people that probably would have known. So I tend to yeah. believe it. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But me, I think I can believe it. So, anyhow. <clears throat> Patrick Mahomes lives here, and he wants to live here. So, there we go. And then remember that, that Bozo Bono, Good Steve Bono. Him. Bono flamed out really bad. Did. Oh, geez, after Montana. And I remember they asked him, they go, hey, man, um, um, you you, uh, you like San Francisco or Kansas City better restaurants-wise? He said, oh, San Francisco. And everybody got after him. <laughs> and the thing is, he was just being honest. He probably likes seafood, and that's probably why I like San Francisco better. But anyhow, restaurant-wise. But anyhow. Um, uh, Rob, you have anything you want to bring up or say or talk about? <laughs> Yeah, this is kind of stupid. Go ahead. We love stupid. Uh, we are called... This one I ran across. We're called two douchebags and microphones, so I would expect nothing less. Go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, if you're out wandering in caves, leave mountain lions alone. <laughs> uh... Now, I just ran across a story that says, When a Missouri hillbilly found a furious mountain lion in a cave, I decided to forego my plans of becoming a Missouri cave explorer, and I'll explain why. It's a new video I've uncovered that shows what happened the moment a hillbilly encountered a very ticked-off mountain lion hiding in a cave. <laughs> I don't know the exact location where this video was captured, uh -huh. but I've heard stories of Missourians fighting big cats in caves before this guy refers to himself as Outlawed Hillbilly, which <laughs> sounds about right in southern Missouri. Yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. God. I can't believe the terminology they're using in this article. Um, okay. Let me uh, let me put it like this. Yeah, uh, goes in his cave, finds a mountain lion, and they make yeah they they got an article on the internet about it. Okay, number one, you know, um, let let's see what we call them, not hillbillies. What would you call like just regular folk? No, no, that that's what the article that was out of the article that was not my word. No, I know. But what I'm saying is, is these people don't—they don't care what people say, so they're not going to get in their face and go, "Hey, you know, we're going to cancel you." So people get away with saying yeah. the word hillbillies. I say it lovingly because I have a lot of friends that are redneck or hick or whatever you want to call it. They're all lovely, fine family. people. Well, yeah. Like I said, I have family in West Virginia. I—I yeah. I, I have family all over. Matter of fact, a lot of the people a that I know... is a loving word in our family. Yes. 
So, and also, if there's an article that calls them hillbillies, they don't give a shit. What do they care? They're like, okay, whatever. They're not going to go and try to get them canceled or nothing. They're not like little sissies like that. They're not going to go get their feelings hurt and go run into someone. Oh, man, they called us hillbillies. They don't care. They're like, whatever. So, uh, anyhow, um, yeah, 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 don't fight with mountain lions. You'll probably not win. No, no, just stay the hell away from them. Damn. Yeah. That would be my best guess, too, is stay away from them. If not, shoot them and eat them for dinner. If you're a hillbilly, you got a gun on you. Yes. And if you're hungry, you're hungry. Right? Cat steaks, deer steaks, cow steaks. You don't care. It's meat. So... Anyhow, um, you know Elon Musk uh, moved to uh, Texas from California, right? And he moved a lot of his industry from California to Texas because he does yeah, not he does not get along with California very well. Yeah. well Elon Musk uh, claims that LA's Crossroads School District turned his daughter into a communist. She went beyond yeah. socialism to thinking that anyone rich is evil, the Twitter owner said, of the Santa Monica Institution's purported influence. His remarks come from uh, Walter Isikon's upcoming biography on Elon Musk. He blames the school for his daughter coming out as a transgender or something like that, allegedly. So, all of that I couldn't tell you. Okay. But I have a feeling, because I didn't like looking into it that much, but I have a feeling what Elon is referring to is bringing up um, any type of sexuality to children at all, right? And maybe suggesting to his daughter that she could be a boy, I think is what he's talking about. Yeah. So, anyhow... Um, I, I think um, I think uh, children of a certain age should not know anything about sexuality. They should not have anything pushed on them or even talked about until they get a little bit older. So I think I think that's what he's talking about. I'm not for sure. So anyhow, that's what Elon is saying according to this guy that's doing a biography of him. So okay. And then. Um, Anyhow, we uh, from this is from AP News. Revelers uh, hurl tomatoes at each other in streets awash in red pulp in Spanish towns. Tomatina party in uh, in Spain. Some fifteen thousand people, including many tourists, pasted each other with tomatoes Wednesday as Spain's annual. Tomatina street battle took place in the eastern town uh, for participants to throw. The street fight leaves both the street, its houses, and participants trenched in red pulp. Tickets for the festival starts at 12 euros or 13 dollars. No word on how this bizarre tradition became or if you bring your own tomatoes or if 12 euros covers your whole supply while you're there in this tomato bal- uh, fight or battle or whatever. So, yeah. So, anyhow, when uh, when I come back, um, 
we'll talk about this uh, lawsuit against 3M. You know, 3M, the makers of about everything. Yeah, yeah I know 3M. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you would be in uh, in manufacturing. So we'll be right back Big here. Big corporation. Yes. Big corporation. Yeah. Yep. Almost went to work for them in Nevada, Missouri. Um. Anyhow, oh, I did. That's funny. I did too. Really? Okay. In Nevada, I was living in Fort Scott. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Well, that'd been cool if we'd met there, wouldn't it? They're like, hey. Oh, that place had been screwed. Oh, yeah. Get me and you in there, that place had been screwed. Oh, yeah, it had been over. Well, um, I uh, did... We'd, I, we'd have a blast. I did work on the building. I put away the explosion joints, the expansion joints for a possible explosion. When I was in there working, oh, really? in the, yeah, when I was in there working in the building, when they were first building, I was working for sheet metal number two, and uh, we were putting in the expand, explosion proof expansion joints, and uh, and so uh, you had to wear this uh, certain cloth over your feet so it'd be non-spark. Yeah. And uh, anyhow, but I well, did help build that I building. I would have worked there after they opened. Well, no, no, no. I would have worked there too. I almost went to work there, but I went in, went back to oh. work in the city through the union instead of working down there for 3M. Yeah. So yeah. anyhow, it was just too far for me to drive, really. But you being in Fort Scott, you would have been right there. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. So uh, why didn't you go to work for him, Rob? It wasn't meant to be, we'll put it that way. Okay. Okay, that's cool. All right, we'll be right life, back. Life, went, life led me to where I am today. Okay. That's cool. Well, it seems like you're doing fine, so that's good. Yeah, I am. Okay, good. All right, we'll be right back here in a minute. As pleasant as 50 grit sandpaper to your inner thighs. And now, Deep Thoughts with Mark. So, if I have a glass of ice water and the ice melts into the water, is my water then watered down? I may never know. Two douchebags in a microphone, raw and uncensored. See behind the smoke show. Watch as the douchebags get stung by a swarm of bees. Enjoy one of many coffee houses ordering our heroes out. Watch Mark revisit Clinton, Missouri to claim his innocence for all the mad shitter accusations. Act now and get both high quality DVD sets and a free douchebag calendar. Mark off today with a douchebag looking at you. Supplies are limited, so act now. Two Shirley Temples and a bottle of scotch will be right back. All right, two douchebags and microphone on Mark. And I'm Rob. Um, well, like we before mentioned, 3M is going through a lawsuit. And on Monday, um, they agreed to pay $6.1 billion to settle a nearly 260,000 lawsuits by current and former U.S. military service members who say they suffered hearing loss 
from using the company's earplugs, according to a person familiar with the agreement. Oh, damn. Yeah. I've used 3M earplugs for a long time, and I have hearing loss. Oh, I, I, I use earplugs to this day, dude. Oh, yeah, working in that environment, you do. Well, I don't yeah, know. Using, using a big chop saw cut steel, you got to have earplugs. Do you use 3M or another type? Huh? Do you use 3M or another type? No, we use another brand. Okay. Well, I yeah. used 3M for years. So, I don't know. Anyhow, I could probably check into this if I wanted, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, I have a lot of tinnitus going on. That ear ring and sucks. So, anyhow. The, the deal comes after a failed attempt by 3M earlier this year to move the lawsuits, which had grown into the largest mass tort litigation in U.S. history into bankruptcy court in the hope of limiting its liability. So 3M took yeah. it to bankruptcy court hoping to uh, stop so many payouts. The money will be paid out mostly over the next five years, the person familiar with the agreement said. 3M shares have risen 5% on Monday amidst the news of the settlement. So the people that have stock in 3M was just glad that they're doing a settlement and his business as usual. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, it makes me wonder. I used 3M on, you know, for a long, long time, and I have a lot of hearing loss, so I don't know. Who knows? So um, anyhow, while we're talking about stuff like that, you know, um, Bill Gates, you know that guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody does. Yep. Yep. Big, big sack of asshole. Took all his money, spread to his family, so nobody else could get a hold of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Well, Bill Gates, he took and booked an entire Michelin star restaurant for two days, just to sip a diet coke and leave without trying a single bite of three hundred thirteen dollar meal. Chef says people with money value things less. Indulgent cuisine is a symbol of affluence. Consider what the wealthiest people might indulge in daily, and your imagination might conjure images of a foie grass paired with fruity syrup, bowls brimming with caviar nestled in crutch ice, and a delectable wagyu steak for good measure. While billionaires can afford these culinary delights, some are renowned for their surprisingly dietary choices. The uh, late Apple CEO, Steve Jobs, for instance, famously adhered to a, fruit, a fruition diet. The legendary investor Warren Buffett, on the other hand, is known for his uh, junk food and soda. Of course. Yeah, so Bill Gates um, did a little uh, calculating, and he uh, figured out that all the he drinks four or five Diet Cokes a day. In one year, he estimated that his Diet Cokes would um, would result in 350 pounds of aluminum. That's how much Diet Coke oh. he drinks. Yeah. Yep. So... In a year? Yeah, in a year. So that's a lot of Diet Coke. So... Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. 
So anyhow, that's the Asshole of the Week award to Bill Gates. <laughs> so, we might start doing that. I'm thinking about doing that, actually, an Asshole of the Week. Sign him up for an ass one. Oh, you know what? Hang on. Let me write that down. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hang on. Hang on here. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, yeah. Sign up for an ass And he hasn't that's even got an ass pad one yet. All right, huh? yes. Yeah, I, no, we have not given him one yet. Okay. Even though he's deserved many of them. Okay, and also, how about Warren Buffett, too? Why not? Okay, Bill Gates, Warren and Buffett. And Warren Buffett. Okay. Next ass, paddling. Okay, good. Okay, those two are on the list. So, they're they're both on notice right now. <laughs> um, meanwhile, in Boston, a really unique thing happened. The groom's passport was eaten by the dog. For real. I've heard that before. Oh, okay. Well, this just happened. No, so no, no. I'm not, yeah, no just, that's everybody's excuse. Supposedly this was true. I don't know. Okay. Um, a Massachusetts couple say their fears of missing their upcoming wedding in Italy have been significantly eased after a dog ate the groom-to-be's passport just over a week before they were scheduled to depart for Europe. Donato Fratelli of South Boston and his fiancée Magda Marzi went to City Hall to fill out their intention of marriage forms on Thursday, August 17 just over a week before their flight to Italy where the couple's wedding is scheduled for August 31st. Hours after their visit to City Hall, a nightmare unfolded at the couple's home in Chicky. I guess the name of the town is Chicky. Their one-and-a-half-year-old golden retriever... Oh, no, 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 no. Forget it. The couple's home in Chicky, their one-and-a-half-year-old golden retriever, chewed through multiple pages of Frattati's passport. I was uh, I was pacing back and forth, not really in my right mind. Fratardi said, Fratardi, not Fratardi, Fratardi said. Luckily, Magda had her wits about her. <coughs> Magda Morrissey and Fratardi said they uh, received help from the U.S. offices of uh, U.S. Representative Stephen Lynch and U.S. Senator Ed Markey, and, and following a passport appointment they had on Monday. Fatati is expected to receive his new travel document Wednesday, just two days before the couple is set to fly to Italy. We're just really fortunate and optimistic that everyone is going to work our way, Marzi said. The most important thing is that we get married. Fratati said he will uh, be getting a file cabinet for uh, or safe so that he can store his important documents in a safe place in the future. And I would say... With a dog with those kind of shenanigans, that is probably a good idea. Wouldn't you say so, Rob? Yeah, yeah, I would. Okay. All right, Rob, you have something you want to go into? Yes, I do. Something right up your alley. All right, sounds good. This is a story I ran across on the Metal Voice. Okay. Did kick axe write a song on Wasp's last command album. Hmm. You remember Kick Axe? Yeah, I remember them, and they were a pretty good band. Okay. Okay. Do you, 
you remember the controversy? There was rumors going around they wrote a song about on that album. Yeah, yeah, and I I thought it was supposed to not be true. Okay, well, here's the story, and honestly, we're probably still going to be in limbo. Okay. Candace, the metal voice, originally spoke to Kick Axe co-founder, the guitarist Larry Gilstrom, about the band's new album, coming up, upcoming tour. The band's legacy and how the band was asked to write for other metal bands in the 80s, such as Black Sabbath. Plus, did they write a track on Wasp's second album? Speculation and rumor over the years about if the band Kick Axe wrote the song Running Wild in the Streets off Wasp's second album. You know that song. Mm hmm. The Last Command, which was credited to Black and the Lawless and producer Spencer Fofer. The Metal Voice asked Kick Axe in a recent video interview about this, and this is what guitarist Larry Gilstrom had to say. It's not something I could talk about, but let's just put it this way. I had a conversation with Blackie Lawless in the rainbow in the rainbow bar and grill and he said your version is better than mine so they evidently both had a version of this going okay so there was a let's see so there was a version of ours kickaxe that's all i can say no one has ever heard our version because we can't release it One step further, the metal voice then asked former guitarist and wasp, Chris Holmes, on August 27, 2023, if the rumors were true, and Holmes said to the metal voice, Running Wild in the Streets was a song written by Kick Axe and sold to Spencer Proper and Blackie Lawless. Okay, Spencer Proffer is also the one that said that uh, he was he was trying to get music for Black Sabbath too. Remember? Yeah, and there's mention Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Huh. So yes, this says that song was wrote by Kickaxe. Wow. Okay, then. Truth comes out, finally. I find that really interesting that, like, um, bands like Kick-Axe were asked to write music for prominent bands like Wasp and Black Sabbath. You see what I mean? Okay, okay. Well, here's a note. Here's a note in this in the same article. Note, Spencer Proper produced Wasp the Last Command in 1984, mm-hmm. as well as Kick Axe's debut Vice's album. Yes. So he had the connections. Yeah, I know he did. I know he did. There's no doubt about that. It was just like that Sabbath yeah. uh, uh, article that I did, where um, Geezer Butler denied it. He said they were looking for a singer. They weren't looking for music. Um, Spencer Proffer. 
was also the one that uh, was producing Sabbath's then was going to be Born Again album, and that was like the 1983 timeline. And that uh, remember, Kick Axe took and went and and to the recording studio at night were uh, for the Sabbath stuff, and they're recording their Vice's album during the day for the Kick Axe stuff. So, yeah. I okay, maybe it's all true then. Yeah, it was recorded as an article. Yeah. Okay. They wrote that. Kick Axe wrote that song. Well, so, answer finally told. Answered. Chris, uh, Chris Holmes finally spilled the spilled the fucking beans, huh? Yeah. Good. All right. Well, you know what? I mean, I guess uh, Kick Axe probably got got their degree of money from writing songs for other bands it sounds like sounds like yeah wow okay well I can I I can believe that so alright well um, we are going on the hour mark here so you want to go ahead and call this a podcast yeah you want to do another yeah we can do another one let's go ahead and close this one out So everybody, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Have a fantastic evening. Have a good evening. We'll catch you in a couple minutes. That's right. Yeah, only you'll hear that in a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry. That's just the way it is. (laughs) So, (laughs) all right, man. Everybody have a good night. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you guys like always. Bye. Thank you. They go. We're the douchebags. Hmm. Oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Oh, man, that smells.